This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the Internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Have you ever known someone who loves others with extravagance, who would do anything for anyone at any time, even though that person is totally undeserving of such care? Well, the Bible tells us God's love for us is like that. Join us as we talk about the love of God is folly in today's message. Many people in the world might think that the existence of God is irrelevant or that the love of God is of no value. I celebrate the truth with you that God is the source of life and the source of forgiveness and the source of love. Therefore, life has purpose and meaning because of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for love greater than we can understand. Thank you that you revealed your heart to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. In our time of worship today, Come by your Spirit and strengthen our faith and fill us with hope and joy. In Jesus' name, Amen. Today's scripture is in Romans 8. I begin to read with the 31st verse. What shall we say about all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son Jesus, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who's the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who's raised, who's at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? In all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through Christ who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only 
sun and make a wretch's treasure. How great the pain of searing loss! The father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. A French phrase translates, The love of God is folly. Brendan Manning, in his book, The Ragamuffin Gospel, says that on Easter morning in France, you'll see this phrase posted on the side of buildings, buses, and houses, graffitied on sidewalks. The French sing it in their churches in worship, and use it as a greeting when they wave to their neighbors. The love of God is folly. God's love is extravagant. In the season of Easter, we're still remembering the profound truth that Jesus Christ, who was crucified, who was buried in a sealed tomb with Roman guards outside, is now risen from the dead, never to die again. Death could not hold him. Is 
God's initiative to send his son to the world in love to save us and invite us to trust him? A fool's mission? It does sound a little crazy that an all-powerful God would be born taking on the limits of humanity, live a perfect life, reveal himself in signs and wonders and miracles, teach about the kingdom of God, then face false charges, be arrested and crucified, though he was perfect, to take on the sins of all humanity and then be raised from the dead in victory to proclaim the forgiveness of sins to all who believe and the invitation to reconciliation in the love of God. Some say the love of God is folly. It's a fool's mission because it's illogical, irrational, and it's ill-advised, perhaps a wasted effort. Psalm 14 says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. Contemporary philosophers might say it this way, The value of God is dead. It's as if some have concluded that God is irrelevant. Could it be that the German philosopher Feuerbach, who lived in the 19th century, was correct when he said that God is the projection of human fears? That God didn't create us, but man created God in order to placate our own fears because of our weaknesses and limits? Is God just a figment of imagination to comfort our terrorized souls? Is Jesus alive from the dead? The truth of Easter's message is what is the heartbeat of God's revelation to the world. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, If Jesus Christ has not been raised, then your faith is worthless, and you're still in your sins. Ken Davis tells the story of a woman who looked out her window and saw her German shepherd shaking the life out of a rabbit. Her family didn't get along well with the neighbors, so she knew this was going to be a disaster because the neighbor had a rabbit. She grabbed her broom and pummeled the dog until it finally dropped the dead rabbit from its mouth. Seeing the dead rabbit, she panicked. She grabbed the rabbit, took it inside, gave it a bath, blow-dried its hair to its original fluffiness, combed its fur until it looked alive again, and then snuck into the neighbor's yard and propped it up so it looked alive. An hour later, she heard screams from next door. She went outside and asked, what's going on? The neighbor woman said, a rabbit, a rabbit. He died two weeks ago, and we buried him. Now he's back. That's a funny and absurd 
story, isn't it? Everybody knows that dead rabbits don't come back to life. From a human logic standpoint, we'd also assert that when human beings breathe their last, they also don't come back to life. But the truth of the message of Easter says, Jesus Christ, who was crucified on the cross for the sins of the world, for my sins, was raised from the dead never to die again. In the message of Easter in Luke 24, women went to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. They found the stone rolled away and the tomb was empty. Two angels told them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Jesus isn't here. He's risen. Just as he said. Remember what he said? It says that the disciples when the women went and told them what they had experienced and what the angel said, that their words appeared to them as nonsense, foolishness. Luke, the physician, actually uses a medical term for nonsense. It could be translated, the babbling words of someone who's lost their mind. The love of God is folly. The way that God has revealed himself to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, saving all who believe, is foolish. It's illogical. It's irrational. Some people would say it's a wasted effort. But it's our hope. Now we know love can be risky. God loves us. God loves the world, knowing the risks. Love can be rejected and not reciprocated. Love can meet indifference. Love might meet rebellion like a child who ungratefully disobeys and disrespects his parents despite the parents' wonderful love to the child. That is a pretty clear picture of my own sinfulness, that I ignore the love of God when I choose my own way, that I fall into my own foolish ways like a rebellious child. Love is risky because it can meet unfaithfulness in contrast to the beautiful faithfulness of Jesus Christ where he went to the cross until he said, It is finished. My life of faith is one of continual failure and unfaithfulness. Love also can be risky because it can be met with unbelief. Then, even though God's love and power and life are real, his initiative of love cannot lead to life shared without faith. But I want to tell you again today that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. The love of God is folly because it's extravagant. It's lavished upon us. When my wife Denise and I were a young married couple, we went to visit my grandmother, Anna Lavig, in North Dakota. We sat down at her kitchen table and my grandma would 
always try and make those who visited her a little fatter. So she placed in front of my wife Denise a plate with a large piece of cake, two donuts, and two cookies. My wife took a cookie off the plate, placed it on her napkin, and handed me the plate. No, 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 my grandma said. That is for you. Way more than she needed. Extravagant. That's how the love of God is. It's lavished upon us, poured to the brim and filled over. God's love is foolish because it gives up all power in order to take on limits and become a servant to us. Jesus' blood on the cross washes us clean. God's love is foolish because he invites us to bathe in his grace and begin life again. God's love is foolish because it forgives every rebellious thing and immoral deed we've done and reconciles us back into his arms to share life. You remember Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. God's love is foolish because he takes on weakness and vulnerability and finds us in our darkness to embrace us in our brokenness. God's love is folly because he descends to wherever we are and finds us where we have fallen and where we have wandered off. And he never gives up pursuing us until he holds us in his love. God's love is folly because he heals our destructive attitudes and patterns of behavior. Often I get stuck in stinking thinking. I become hypercritical. I can let my tongue wag around in gossip and we're all addicted to something. We chase material things that cannot give us life. But the spirit of Jesus who's raised from the dead can pour power into us to transform our destructive patterns into newness of life. The love of God is folly because it gives us hope for a totally new future. Our future does not have to be a continuation of our past failures. The love of God is folly because he brings life to all our dead places, to relationships that broke, to marriages that failed, to jobs that ended, to dreams that have died. Jesus raises us up to new life. God's love is folly because it's undeserved and unconditional not based on moral perfection, not changing if we are less than we ought to be, not based on our zeal or our performance. Yet though unconditional, it is love. And love always yearns for relationship. 
But I've heard it said, God is always a gentleman, so he never forces himself on us, yet patiently waits, offering us his love with open arms so that we understand his heart and run to him and let him embrace us. John Ortberg tells the story of a friend of his who spent years of her life living far from God. Over time, she realized the limitations of her own self-sufficiency and pride. She felt she needed more information about God before she could commit her heart to him. So she spent a year studying God and asking questions. After a while, she realized that her issue was no longer a lack of information, but that she had commitment issues. She had never actually surrendered her life to God because she knew that if Jesus was raised from the dead, that fact changed everything. So in her own home, she stood in her kitchen and looked across the threshold into the living room and she prayed out loud and said, God, in a moment, I'm going to step across this threshold from my kitchen into my living room. And as I do this, the step across the threshold will represent my life totally surrendered to you. I commit my life to you, Jesus. And from this moment on, in my periods of doubt, or moments of struggle, I will remember that I have surrendered my life to you, Jesus, the source of life and the fountain of grace. The love of God is folly because it's never-ending. So today we again rejoice in the truth that God still comes by his Holy Spirit. I think about Paul's prayer in Ephesians when he says, I pray that God's Spirit would strengthen you in your inner person so that Jesus Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith and that you, being rooted in his love, may know and understand the love of God for you. Amen. Come.
Let's pray. Lord, give us joy today in the profound truth that you are greater than death, that you love us unconditionally and forever, that you give us life in your name. Give us strong faith. Today again, we surrender our lives to you as the God of life and love. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hear this blessing of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been worshiping with the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to step across the threshold of fear and uncertainty and totally surrender yourself to Jesus Christ and His great love for you. If you enjoyed today's message and are in a position to do so, we ask you to consider helping support this ministry with your prayers and gifts. Visit us online at christiancrusaders.org Or you can mail your gifts to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. All gifts are tax deductible. You are invited to check out our beautiful new webpage, christiancrusaders.org. It features poignant graphics highlighting this week's message along with previous week's messages. Visitors can also learn more about the ministry and share their prayer concerns. Make a note to visit us online today at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next week on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Lee Lavig, pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa, and associate speaker on Christian Crusaders now in its 83rd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.